the one-eyed queen who with pet lions and elephants led an army against the Romans. Long ago, when Rome set its sights south, a one-eyed queen fought so fiercely, Rome never went past Egypt again. Hello everybody, welcome back to Roots, a podcast about greatness. It's your boy Daniel here, and we're going to talk today about one of the most fierce queens in the history of the world. When you think of famous queens throughout history, who comes to mind? Some may think Cleopatra, maybe you remember learning about Mary, Queen of Scots, but no, today's episode is about another great queen. What do you know about the ancient Kandake Amanirenes? Queen Amanirenes was probably born between 60 and 50 BC. She was the second of the eight Kandakes. Kandake or Candace means great woman and the equivalent of queen or queen mother in the kingdom of Kush. The kingdom of Kush was located in modern day Sudan. And these queens or queen mothers could reign as the sole rulers of Kush if needed. Considering most ancient civilizations were ruled by kings and kings only, this made this nation unique. The ancient kingdom of Kush was located just to the south of Egypt, in which is now the Sudan and is referenced as a part of the region known as Ethiopia, or the place of burnt faces in most referential things like the Bible, Greek literature, and everything. Kush was a land of kings and queens who had mastered the terrains and knew how to use them as strategic advantage. The Kandakis were portrayed in their art as having strong, even muscular statures and towered over their enemies in contrast with their female Egyptian neighbors to the north, who preferred to be portrayed as slim, slender, and sometimes weak. The Kandakis and their kings had scars on their faces, which they wore with pride as symbols of beauty. Getting to Amanirenas, she was the queen of the kingdom of Kush, from 40 BC to 10 BC. Since the kingdom's hieroglyphics have not been sufficiently deciphered, historians rely primarily on the accounts of the Greek, Greek geographer, historian, Strabo of Amasia and the Roman historians Pliny the Elder and Cassius Dio to understand the sequence of events that enshrined Kandaki Amanirenes in the pantheon of African female heroines. Described as a one-eyed queen who fought Rome tooth and nail, Amanirenes was one of the greatest queen mothers who ruled over the Meroitic kingdom of Kush in northeast Africa. She commanded the Ethiopian army in 32 BC and even was said to have great military commanding skills, which would then enable her to become one of the strongest female military tacticians of all time. She was the wife of King Teritekas, but he is not at all relevant to this story as shown in history in which they do not say much about him. All we know is that he died shortly after the Meroitic War against the Roman Empire. Amanirenas became famous for leading her armies against the Romans, in a five-year war which resulted in a very favorable treaty for her people. She was, however, said to have lost one eye in that battle. So let's put everything into context. The Roman conquest of Egypt in 30 BC led to further incursions south towards Cush. The governor of Egypt, the Roman governor of Egypt, Cornelius Gallius, attempted to made to tax Nubians in Egypt as well as to invade Cush and make it a vassal state paying tribute to Rome. And in that time, Kush controlled Lower Nubia, which prompted the Kushites to act and react. Emperor Caesar Augustus of the Roman Empire defeated the Egyptians and made Egypt one of the provinces under the Roman Empire. He defeated Egypt under the rule of Cleopatra and Mark Anthony. 
So after the conquest of Egypt, the annexation of Egypt was done, Augustus and his men pledged to push even farther south, which meant Amanirena's country, Kush, was next. And even though Kush was a thriving competitor to Egypt, Kush was still much smaller than the Holy Roman Empire. Nevertheless, Kush struck first. The Kushites scored initial victories at Philae and Syene. However, during these battles, the early stage of the five-year conflict, the queen's husband died, leaving the responsibility to prosecute war on the Romans to Candacia Manirenes and her son, Prince Akiniat. But that didn't shake Queen Amanirenes one bit. She'd been ready. So in year 24 BC, she led 30,000 soldiers against the Roman forces in Egypt. And knowing how small her army was compared to the Roman army, she attacked by the element of surprise. She attacked the Romans unannounced. She fought side by side with her soldiers. She led the front of her army with her son close by her side. Her attack was highly successful and Queen Amanirenes captured three major Roman cities took captives and destroyed and defaced many statues of Emperor Augustus. It is even said that a bronze head of the emperor was transported to the royal palace in Kush, where it was buried under the entrance, being a contemptuous insult to a powerful and defeated foe. The head, found in Moreau in 1912, now resides in the British Museum, as if it was a surprise. They take and they take and they take and they take. Anywho, the course of war reversed when the new Roman governor of Egypt, Petronius, led an expedition of 100,000 soldiers to reconquer the territory and even invade deep into Kush itself. They pillaged, they enslaved inhabitants, and they established new borders for the Roman Empire. Having lost an eye in those battles, Petronius referred to the queen as a one-eyed Candace. Because of their large army, the Roman Empire easily reclaimed its cities, invaded deep into Kush, and sold many into slavery. On top of losing her eye, she also lost her son in the fight, which would become later known as the Meroitic War, named after Cush's capital, Mero. But this did not deter Queen Amanirenes. If anything, it only made her stronger. So after healing, she returned to battle. She counterattacked quickly and repeatedly, using, as some may say, terrifying war tactics. One carving even depicts Amanirenes with two swords, feeding Roman captives to her pet lion, and even using war elephants on their foes. The queen was so respected and feared by the Romans that according to legend, at the height of the confrontation with Petronius, she reportedly sent Cushite ambassadors to Petronius and presented him with a bundle of golden arrows and spears and said he could either keep them as a token of Cushite friendship and allyship or as weapons to fight the Kushites if he did not accept the Kushites' offers of peace. Deep into the five-year conflict, the Romans faced difficult desert conditions of the Nubian grounds, so the Roman army could not advance any further, so something had to be done. After five years of battle, the two parties decided that they were on a stalemate. The two parties decided to sign a peace treaty which favored the Kushites. So in other words, faced with the risk of a dwindling and weakened army in the harsh desert terrain, Petronius decided it was better to make a strategic withdrawal in order to avoid risky climatic engagement and even a final battle with Queen Candace Amanirenes. The armed resistance and the harsh environment was too difficult for Rome to continue the fight. So given the vast size of the Roman Empire and the, and the possible amount of soldiers they could eventually bring to the war for what 
was about ongoing five years now, it made total sense to sign this treaty. Rome got their acknowledgement as a bigger, better world, and Queen Amanirenas spurred her people of centuries of domination by successfully resisting complete conquest of Rome. Unlike other kingdoms on the edge of the Roman Europe, Roman Africa, Roman Asia, she did not cede. She did not give up lands, pay any tribute, pay any tax, or even contribute material sources to Rome, like most other kingdoms that had to join it did. So the agreement meant the Romans had to take their armies out of Egypt, Kush did not pay any sort of tributes and any resources to Rome, on top of the fact that they kept all of their territory. It's a win, a big, big dub to Queen Amanirenas. Even though many nations found it was more fruitful to join the Holy Roman Empire, Kush did not, and it was proved right because the kingdom of Kush lasted for another 400 years after the Meroitic War. And to this day in history, Queen Amanirenas is said to be the bravest and most loyal ruler of the kingdom. The Kushites commemorated the legend with a wall painting in the Pyramid Chapel at Moreau, which portrays Queen Candace Amanirenas holding bows, arrows, and spears in one hand, and seven Roman captives with the other. As far as we know, Queen Candace Amanirenas is the only African monarch who was able to successfully resist the Roman Empire in Africa and even maintain the independence of their state. And for this great feat, she deserves the recognition as one of Africa's greatest queens and warriors ever. In most common school history textbooks, they only emphasize in one woman ruler in the time of the Holy Roman Empire, Cleopatra, even though she was ultimately defeated by the Romans. Making peace with one of the largest empires at the time, the Holy Roman Empire, only smaller to the Mongol Empire, the Malian Empire, and what now is the American Empire, was an extraordinary and nearly impossible task, but Queen Amanirenas pulled through. Her courage and bravery inspires us not only to work harder in every aspect of our lives and go all the way full throttle, but she did not accept weakness as a role for being a woman, she transcended and broke gender roles. A queen more powerful, more decisive, braver than any king in history. And even though history tends to focus on only men and thrive on the oppression of the non-white and the women, Queen Amanirenas demonstrates us that this is not always the case, just gotta dig deeper. <laughs> <laughs>